welcome back to Bad Time Movie Club Podcast. I'm Hannah. I'm Anna. And I'm Lily. Chestnuts roasting <laughs> on an open fire. Yeah, this yeah. is our, our holiday special, basically. We're slipping it in right under the wire. Just right under the wire, sliding under the door. Yeah. Um, all three of us celebrate Christmas, um, though not all three of us are religious. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm can you guess I'm which like, one isn't? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if um you can tell from everything about the voice and the way I present myself, but I am recovering from Catholic disease every day of my life. Yeah. It's an uphill struggle. Um, <laughs> it's a Sisyphus kind of thing. Yeah. Um but I do love Christmas. I love the holidays. And I think all three of us Obviously, from the podcast, we like watching cringe movies, so all, like, Hallmark Christmas movies are mm-hmm. very much up our alley. I, can, yeah. I can't believe I haven't seen more. I mean, I know this isn't what, what we're doing today isn't a Hallmark movie, but I really should <laughs> d- open the vault of Hallmark movies and dig in. Yeah. I wish we... Add, do they put Hallmark movies... Are the ones that we watch on Netflix, are any of them Hallmark movies, or do you have to exclusively have, like, a Hallmark some sort of other account? streaming account? I don't think I so, think but I think, have... like, the bad ones that have come on Netflix in the past few years that we like to watch are, like, aspiring to gain the success of, like, a Hallmark movie. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, I think, They're and wonderful. this is part of my theory about this this movie that we're doing today, is that it was kind of going for, like, Hallmark, like, exponential. Like, it was trying mm. to get as hallmarky as possible but it kind of overshot the mark and overdid everything and that's why this movie is so batshit yeah it's insane yeah it surprises me that we haven't done um a holiday movie before but like i guess if i think about it we started this we don't not yeah when did we start this the podcast. In May. Yeah, no holidays. But, you know, it's always time. We should have done, always we should have time done like, what is it, Christmas Christmas in July special? Because we've seen so many. You're right, we should have. <laughs> Every movie yeah. from now on is going to be a Christmas movie. <laughs> that would be very fun. Well, what I would love to review is the second Princess Switch. We should do the Princess Switches. Yeah. I feel like that's another movie where it's like, it's also barely about Christmas. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. This movie is not yeah. about... Let's Okay, introduce the movie, and then we'll get into it. <laughs> yeah, so this movie we're doing is A California Christmas. It was Lily's suggestion as a native Californian. Yeah, I was excited. Um, yeah. And it was not about Christmas. There was... It could have been uh, just... It could have been called California. It's like... <laughs> that's like not even, because we'll talk California about this as we get life. into it. It's like wasn't even like distinctly californian i mean it was but like uh, we'll get into it but there's there was no christmas to this except in the last like 10 minutes maybe no frankly this could have been texas and i would have believed it oh yes yeah well they make it very like so you know they like a huge part of it is like going off to like the middle of nowhere in california but they're in wine country which is bougie and fancy right. but then they're but then also like the main girl talks with a light accent and it's like the like <laughs> So it's meant to be, it's like... It's like a southern accent. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I don't know how it's meant to be California-y. I guess just the fact that it's not snowing. Um, but... That was it. It was the fact that they had, they're putting up, like, tinsel, and it's so bright and dry out. It was, like... Like, none it of... It didn't feel yeah, right. None of the, the the parts of the title are distinctive to the movie. Neither California, no Christmas. 
<laughs> yeah, neither of these things are essential to the film. Yeah. Um, it's well, new on Netflix. It's uh, Netflix does a lot of Christmas movies. They have yeah. for the last couple of years. They've been doing uh, Christmas Prince, mm-hmm. Princess Switch, like you guys said. They did Let It Snow last year. We saw that too. Yeah, they have a lot in rotation, but this one was... Uh, I think it's still trending, honestly. it's um, It's been number two on Netflix at least all week. Mm. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, beats me, but every time I scroll down, I see it at number two. Wow. That's wild. Okay. Maybe this will appeal to people. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people do like kind of like those hokey Christmas movies, and I think it's kind of nice because they're so simple that you can put them on in the background of doing you. something. Yeah. Well, yeah. But no offense to Lily, who is a Californian, but as, as, as someone <laughs> who enjoys Christmas and holiday cheer, like the last kind of movie I'd, Christmas movie I'd want to watch want to get into the spirit is one about <laughs> California where there is no snow and nobody, snow and nobody's wearing like Christmas hats or puffy coats. That makes me sad. I'm taking I entire to offense to this. I'm get- oh. I, and I've gotten this from most of my East Coast friends. It's not like we're out here going... To- like, I get it. I agree. I think that the Christmas that is given to the world and is in movies and stuff is, like, snowy cold. But, like, one, it does snow in a lot of parts of California. Um, not mine, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> and two, it's like... It's the same thing. It's it's cold. People wear coats. It's just, you know, I'm not wearing a goose down coat. I'm wearing, like, a trench coat. And I'm sorry that it's not puffy enough for you guys. But I'm fine with my Christmas over here. With my trench coat Christmas. Yeah, it's my trench coat Christmas. That would be a great movie, Trench Coat Christmas. <laughs> yeah, it would. <laughs> I'll die on this hill. I'm sorry, California. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Yeah, with this movie, uh, it was so plot-heavy and, like, very jarring and very emotionally dense, and I would not want this on in the background while I was, like, decorating my tree or whatever. No, I don't think so. (laughs) Uh, And shortly before this podcast started, while Lily was eating lunch, uh, me and Anna made a startling discovery about (laughs) the film's production. Yeah. Um, so Anna found on the Wikipedia that it is written, the film was written by a woman named Lauren Swickard, who also stars as the main love interest, Callie, and who is also married to the main male love interest, Joe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what? Which surprises me. I didn't think they had that much chemistry. I didn't either. They really I, I didn't. I thought they really wanted to have sex, and it, but like beyond that. That was, like, one of the whole issues that we'll get into, I guess. Well, also, I think, like, the way in which we found out about this tidbit of information is a lot more... Like, if we had dropped that information at the end of this podcast, I think it'd be a great M. Night Shyamalan twist. Because, as you (laughs) said, like, the way in which they act and the way in which they are to each other is, like, so wooden that it's astounding that these two are married. And also, it's astounding that she would... I mean, like respect to her in that she wrote it and then starred in it but like then she wrote her own character as very strange yeah so we have this protagonist who and i also do want to say considering we know that the main couple is married in real life i would find it very uncomfortable to start the movie on like such contentious unsexy grounds no that's true a whole part of our complaint about this movie was how like awful the setup was and how they could never recover from how like difficult their relationship is 
Yeah. And you know what? They never really... I don't no, remember it being that big of a deal. No, it was resolved so quickly, which makes sense since they're married. So they could just get... They could just be married. They could literally <laughs> just be married. It was fine. Straight up. Well, and that's why the turnaround felt so abrupt. And, well, I feel we should be getting yeah. into it. But, like, there isn't a lot of, like, development. There's just my least favorite feature of, like, bad romantic movies where it's, like, everything romantic that they do together is just a montage and then they're in love. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's a classic move. There's no bonding. So I do want to get into it because even though this movie is not like Cloud Atlas, I there is a lot of ground mm-hmm. to cover. So <laughs> this is the Cloud Atlas of bad <laughs> Christmas movies. I don't know what Cloud Atlas is. <laughs> An incredibly long and confusing movie with many subplots. Gotcha. It's very good. I do love that movie. Do you like that movie? Yet? I do like it, actually. I know it's it's yeah, got mixed too. reviews, but I enjoy it. I'm a fan. Um, so this movie opens up with our main character, Josh. Do they call him Josh or Joe? We don't know because they don't even... It's Joseph. Joseph. They don't even say his name Jesus, until, like, yeah. the hour point. Yeah, they yeah. don't his name until so far in. Or we just all missed it, but I don't think that's true. Maybe they don't say it enough, and maybe this is, like, something that I would get CinemaSins dinged for in real life. But I feel like if you are opening a movie and your character doesn't have, like, a memorable name, like I would say arguably the name Joseph, you're going to need to say it a couple mm-hmm. of times before it sticks. Yeah. Yeah. I think they only yeah. potentially said it once, and it was in a scene where we were distracted and we missed it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so it opens up with, um, like, this long, nice overhead shot of... California. I think it's San Francisco. <laughs> I think it's San Francisco, yeah. Um, and we go into this nice house where um, Joseph is leaving um, a model that he slept with. And she's like, oh, you're leaving? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I'll call you. And she looks at him and she's like, huh, no, you won't. Uh, <laughs> Great. He's a billion. What do they say? He's a billionaire playboy. Literally. It's like it was... Just like Tony the most Stark. stock dialogue you could start a movie with. Yeah. Yeah, so we learn immediately that he's, like, a rich asshole who sleeps around, who's, like, a, uh, what's it called, like, a Casanova. <laughs> yeah, I, I like how they put it in the Wikipedia page. I was telling Hannah before that the way they wrote this Wikipedia page is really funny to me. This is good. <laughs> and it says, unfortunately, yeah. he sleeps with too many women and rides too many motorcycles. How many <laughs> motorcycles is too many? Is it just more <laughs> than one? One. We only see him drive one motorcycle and sleep with one woman <laughs> in the establishing first scene of the movie. Oh, no. But so he's like, see you later, babe. And he goes outside and he drives a motorcycle to work. Yeah. Uh, to air quotes so work. He's bad. Um, yeah. Some big company as per usual. And I think this is might have been when we missed his name because he rolls into the meeting late. And the woman at the head of the boardroom is like, oh, I think she probably says Joseph will go. And we missed it. Um, yeah. And he's like, I'll do what? And then there's a harsh scene cut. And he goes, mom, you can't make me do this. <laughs> so many tropes. <laughs> it's incredible how many tropes they fit into this movie. I think the reason I forgot his name was because I was so surprised at how casually they delivered the info that the owner of the company was his mother. Yeah. Yeah. We were like, what? <laughs> So his mom's, like, very severe. She's, like, the villain of the movie. Um, but, like, she's, like, not. But I think that's what she's, like, meant to be. The we villain is capitalism. Enough. The villain is capitalism. 
Yeah, the, the villain is not Connor. Like the real estate yeah, industry. Yeah. That's true. Um, but she's like, you have to go. This is like the setup for the whole movie. You have to go to this farm and convince the farm owners to sell us their property. Otherwise, uh, he's like getting fired from his like nepotism position. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess I that's it. like she's getting fired. She's not cutting him off or anything, right? Yeah, the wicked I think it's I think it's he's being cut off. Yeah. Okay. Oh, he is. Okay. I, well, I that's got, that's different. I think she said I'm firing you. On the Wikipedia, it says he would get cut off, but I think mm. I think that would have felt too extreme. Yeah. Like that's true. Being fired makes sense because it doesn't really seem like he provides anything to this company anyway. Like, he's just this boss's son. Well, yeah, and, like, being cut off would insinuate that he's done, like, really bad things to ruin the family. And we haven't seen, like, everything we've seen is pretty mild. Like, he sleeps around and he, like, spends his money, but, like... We don't even see him spend his money. We just see that he lives in a house and drives a motorcycle. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, then and also, then the mom is like, yeah, you can use your skills to make the person to make the people at the farm sell the place and i the skills refer to that he's like good with women yeah so his yeah. mom's just like pimping him out to whoever lives at the farm yeah yeah he's like she's like you can convince women to do anything and i was like that's Ew. disturbing yeah yes. yeah i i didn't like the the mom in this i didn't like the mom son relationship mm-hmm. vague as it was it was weird. Um, yeah, and I think there honestly is probably some like, like succession California kind of like gross <laughs> reality to that. But probably. considering how underdeveloped it all is, I was just like, oh, yeah, it feels weird. So he takes his chauffeur assistant. I, yeah, I guess chauffeur. Um, man. One of the better characters of the movie. One of the better characters of the movie. Leo, who is my king. Yeah, we love Leo. (laughs) Also, can I say, not to keep talking about the California part of it, but on the, I didn't realize (laughs) they had, like, a a location where they go to. So, (laughs) I, this is so stupid, I don't care. So, it's a place called Petaluma, which is in Sonoma, which is, like, wine country in, in, uh, California. Mm -hmm. And when you look up Petaluma, it says that it is, um, housing costs are some of the highest in the nation. It's, like, one of the richest areas you can be in. And they make it as though it's, like, that country. It's, like, dusty, oaky, smoky, poor land. It's (laughs) fucking crazy. And the enemy be capitalism! Straight up, we have to be capitalism. I don't understand, none of this is, like, frankly, like, yeah, I know we already said this, but to double down, like, none of this is California-specific. Because it doesn't even say, like, oh, we're in San Francisco. Oh, we're in Sonoma. It's just, like, we're in the city, and then we're in the country. It could be yeah. a Kansas Christmas, and then we know any better. <laughs> I think it had to be a California Christmas because of the whole wine aspect. But that part made me extra oh, angry is because they live... Yeah. And this has to do with my theory about this movie that I'll unveil at the end. Ooh. But <laughs> I... Um, Exciting. <laughs> I'm nervous. But the thing with the wine is, like... It makes me mad because even though they're growing wine here, they don't have the mentality of someone who lives in wine country. Well, yeah, because their their farm isn't isn't uh, like at the at this part in the film. For most of the film, it's not a vineyard, right? It's just like a farm. Yeah, yeah like the reveal of the vineyard, it's a dairy farm. The reveal of the vineyard is farm. like literally that a reveal, but it's like okay, well, we know that their property is very large. Like 
didn't they ever like consider doing something else with all of this like fallow land that they own no <laughs> Gu- guess not even though she's like we grow wine here but you know i wouldn't want to sell it and she never says why she's just like i don't we just give it away as gifts like we're yeah. nice. which is lit but at the same time if you're trying to like you, beat the corporation yeah. that's trying to take away your home small business doesn't seem like she's exhausting all options Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but... Yeah, we are. <laughs> so he rolls up in his car to the town. What, what's the name of it? Petaluma? Petaluma? Petaluma. Um, and he decides to... Oh, he spills coffee on himself while he's breaking up with a girlfriend on the phone. Oh, yes, yes he does. And what did he say oh, to God. the girlfriend when he was, like, saying goodbye to her? He was, like, hoping for all the best for your future or something like that. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he spills coffee and he's like, I can't go in like this. And he changes into a t-shirt and jeans. And what did the t-shirt, the t-shirt say? Says, says, oh my God, you're the only 10 I see or something like yes. that. It's a Tennessee joke. Yeah. But again, why a Tennessee joke in California? There's, uh, yeah, there's no, I would love that shirt, but there's no, I don't understand it. Just to indicate that he's in some sort of country place like Tennessee. Well, yeah, it's like he's like shedding his suit and putting on like, clothes of like the common folk or something but the thing is with the shirt i think it's like it's like a woman's cut it's very small on him it's very tight and he looks like ripped in it it looks like when mm-hmm. like chris evans would wear fitted t-shirts yes. in captain america and while this guy you know doesn't have a bad body it just looked like he was wearing a shirt that was too small it did not make him look muscular <laughs> yeah um so he kind of just wanders up the street he tells leo to hide the car um, or no, it gets a flat, right? And so Leo has to take it to the shop or something. I guess, yeah. Because Leo... Ha- I don't know what happened. He and Leo have to split up for some reason. Um, yeah, so because he wants to show up on the farm, like, unattached, just like a, like a guy. Yeah. I think like, he just wanted to walk. <laughs> yeah. So he's walking in this, this California Christmas time. Mm-hmm. And he ends up on the farm, and all of a sudden, this happens so fast, he gets mistaken oh, awesome. for the new ranch hand, and he's forced to deliver a baby calf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We walk in, and she, the, like, Callie's, like, got cow legs sticking out of the cow's vagina, and she's it's holding like a them, full, and we're yeah, like, Yeah, there's, like, a full cow hello? being born. It's like, there's no... It, I don't know what, like, I doubt they actually had a live cow birth in this shot, so they had this weird, like... Every once in a while, it would cut to a shot of, like, the full cow giving birth that was definitely, like, superimposed into it. And it's so weird. And, and oh, and it's also when we meet the, the, the sister. The <laughs> sister. The sister. Who, like, Hannah, who just walks up and is like, oh, oh hi, hi, new yeah. ranch hand. She literally. Hi, new ranch hand. She literally says, hi, new ranch hand. Let's go. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. She doesn't it's even say, are you the new ranch hand? She says, hi, no. new ranch hand. Let, come help yeah. me. And <laughs> Anna, you've done your time on farms. Have you, you've worked with cows? Um, I've never, I've never worked with cows, but I did go to farm camp and I did milk a goat. That's the closest Perfect. I've gotten to working with cows. Okay. I've yeah. milked a cow, I think. Yeah, I've milked a cow. I've worked with cows. I've never done on um, like a delivery, but I know that you can't just no. roll onto the scene and like pull the calf Yanked out by the feet. It's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel like you need to be a 
trained in that. I think at the yeah. very least, Callie, if we're supposed to understand that she's a farmer, would be like, have you sanitized your hands? <laughs> like, yeah, there's there's nothing. You just really launched right into it. it. It just basically feels like he's, you know, taking the pit out of an avocado. Like, he just pulls that thing right out. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like just holding this newborn calf and I think we're supposed to understand he's having like a moment with it like he looks very moved at the fact that he's just birthed like this beautiful this calf. living creature um, but I think the most unfortunate part is that since this is the meat cute um, we don't see Callie or Josh get any of like the viscera that comes along with a live birthing on them. <laughs> yeah. They like they like note that he's like dirty later, but if it was actually realistic, he'd be covered in like blood. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. wearing like a white shirt, and there's like a little bit of dirt on it by the time Leo catches back <laughs> up with him. Yeah, no placenta, no nothing. No placenta, no nothing. <laughs> um, but so she's like, "Oh, I was worried you were the businessman." Um, oh. And he's like, oh, what? Psh, me? Not me. I'm just a guy. I hate businessmen. Yeah, she's like, mm-hmm. I hate business and money, and I was going to shoot him. Like, she shows him a rifle that she had just oh, waiting. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was I was initially inclined to like Callie. I was, yeah, me too. But Callie is such a fucking bitch. <laughs> she's so... <laughs> she's so mean yeah she's and she's mean. just like and like oh, obviously that's also a trope of like you know you got to break through the hard exterior of one of the characters or whatever but like she's not even like it's not even like a hard exterior thing i can't put it into words she's just like snarky and rude and unhelpful and and then like of course like it's not even as the movie progresses of course like and then it gets to a point and suddenly something shifts and she's nice yeah, yeah. And, like, Callie has trauma, so I guess that can explain some of it. But it definitely doesn't explain just how rude she is. Well, you never, yeah. you never get the sense that Callie is, like, going through grief. She just seems very mean and standoffish. And I would assume that's how yeah. she's, like, in everyday life. Yeah. Well, also, like, it's, as we'll get into, like, she has every trauma possible under the sun. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, this is a Hallmark movie for all intents and purposes. And so we're definitely not going to handle the treatment of this trauma correctly or deep enough or aptly. So then what it turns into is just like this list of grievances that she has. And she's also mean. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Like this could be, wait, you know what this could be? If this wasn't like, like the plot of this, if you take away the Christmas and the California, it's like a gritty, like, <laughs> like drama, you know, literally like some really serious shit in this. Yeah. <laughs> Like, if they leaned off of certain things, and if they made Callie, like, the point-of-view character, then this could be, like, a very serious film. Yeah. It would be like, oh my god, you remember Last Christmas, how that was, like, the rom-com from last year, but it was about... Oh, is that with... with, Amelia um, Clark? Yes, yes. And it was pitched as, like, this kind of, like, romantic drama, but then it turned out that the spoilers for Last Christmas... That the romantic lead was actually a hallucination that Amelia Clark was having because of when she got invasive heart surgery and they replaced her heart with his heart. And so she was seeing his soul before he went up to heaven. Oh, my God. Oh no. I gave you my heart. He literally gave her his heart. Oh, my God. No. It's so crazy that that movie got approved to me. 
Yeah, yeah, but I feel like it feels like this movie where it's like it's pitched as one thing and then the emotional gravitas of it is something very different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. But so she believes, back to the movie, Callie believes that Joseph is the new ranch hand that they hired whose name is Manny. And I was like, Manny. And I was like, why the fuck, first of all, are you hiring a ranch hand when you are so low on money that you're about to be evicted <laughs> yeah. from your property? Yep. But that seems fine because I never really get the sense that they pay him. He just seems to be yeah, there. Yeah, that's true. They house him. Yeah. I guess it's like, oh, you know what? Maybe he's, um, he's woofing. He's woofing. But they don't feed him. That's true. He's supposed to be fed. But she's just mean. Yeah, she shows him to <laughs> his trailer and is like, by the way, we don't feed you. Like, she's cunty to him right away. Yeah. yeah. And there's no reason for her to be mean to him yet. Yeah, there's no reason yet. Um, and he's just kind of like, okay. And he's decided <laughs> to kind of like go along with the subterfuge to get closer to her and to convince her to sell to the real estate person. Yeah. And she, he says something about how, you know, money isn't the worst thing in the world. And she's like, oh, you decided to be my ranch hand because you think you're going to be swimming in it and you're hopping from ranch to ranch just making money and i was like what did this movie writer think the life of a ranch hand is like like what <laughs> yeah i don't understand how she got that from what he said like what do you think is like the upward mobility of a ranch hand that lives in your trailer that you don't feed good question <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's just very much a bitch to him and so she leaves him in the trailer he calls leo and is like listen I'm going to pretend to be this ranch hand, so I need you to find a real ranch hand named Manny and tell them that not to come to the ranch, and I need... Because I'm here. Because I'm yeah. here now. And the guy, and Leo's sitting at, like, the car wash or whatever, and he's like, how am I going to find this man named Manny? And then the guy sits down, and someone off frame is like, hey, Manny, <laughs> you're a guy named Manny. And then he turns and is like, is your name Manny? And this guy is like... Yeah, that's me. I'm a ranch hand named Manny. And then they fall in love, which is actually true. <laughs> that's actually true. <laughs> the most compelling part of this movie is the developing relationship between Leo and Manny. Big time. Yep. So, yeah, so Leo basically cruises this guy Manny at the <laughs> car stop. Yeah, takes him under his He wing. takes him home. They, like, basically... Uh, they rent, like, an Airbnb or something. Yeah, they rent an Airbnb. It's, like, a nice house uh, a few miles from the farm. And they just kind of store Manny there. And he's, <laughs> he's on call to help um, Joseph pretend to be him like, and be a good yeah. ranch. To get, like, tips, like, how to... Yeah. Because so, he starts to immediately... Joseph's given, like, a list of things to do. Yeah, he doesn't know how to do right. any of them. Um, and... We know from, we keep getting cutaways of like what Leo and Manny are doing and they both get one personality trait and Leo's is that he really loves wine. He's like a wine connoisseur mm -hmm. and Manny loves video games and he likes to play like Great. Call of Duty, but they never say Call of Duty. Yeah. Two houses both alike and dignity. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they start to bond and have like this very close relationship where they're like wearing matching bathrobes and like playing this games. This fucking together. B plot is better than the A plot. It's more by far. romantic. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we also get some background on Callie during this time. And Callie has her younger sister, Hannah, who's probably like about 13, right? Mm hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she yeah. also has... Hannah is not a good actress. She's a horrible no, little child actress. Bless her heart. Yeah. Bless her little heart. Um, no shade on the person herself, but the performance leaves a lot to be desired. Um, <laughs> and her mom has cancer and is, like, very terminally ill. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the mom, like, wants her to sell the ranch, but... Yeah, big time. Yeah. She's like, you need to sell this ranch. Um, but Callie doesn't want to sell because that's, like, all she'll have left. Yeah, the mom, the dad uh, is dead. We find that out later. And the mom. I think we find out that the dad died a lot earlier than the other person who will get to. Yeah. I think, like, that's the second reveal. So we find out pretty early that, like, the reason why she wants to keep the farm is because, like, the memories of both of her parents are, like, there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. And I'll, I'll get a little personal and say that as someone who also has, like, a terminally ill cancer mom, this is not mm-hmm. how the experience goes. Yeah, I'm sure. Her, her mom is just, like, sitting around in, like, her nice little beanie and is just like, baby, just let me die. Like, <laughs> like just, if you, yeah, if you it, ever see my exactly. stone-cold body in bed, just leave it there. God. Well, once again, as as we said, like, a sec ago about how, like, these are some really deep concepts, it's a Hallmark movie, and so it's, like, these fucking, like, children's book uh, level of understanding and discussion of these concepts, so of course it's going to be so, like, ill-presented. Yeah, but it's, like, well, I remember I felt bad because I felt that you felt bad, Lily, because I did feel we bad. were like we were like an hour in, and you were like, "We can turn this off." <laughs> yeah, because there was so there was so much like really grim scenes in this Hallmark. Yeah, movie. they spend a lot of time like just looking forward to the mom's death, literally like looking forward to it almost. Yeah, yeah, and like waking waking the mother up at six a.m. for no reason, like <laughs> yeah, and like making her take her pills, meds. and yeah, yeah, and it's like. It's mostly about how the mom has cancer. And yeah. I was just like, there you can't have the mom have like this level of cancer. If you want the mom to be this sick and still have this other plot line, like put her in the hospital. She can't live in the house. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> Which is not what I would say in real life. <laughs> but yeah. But for this but film. For this film, you can't have this many things going on. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, there's so much. But the the cancer mom, of course, has like this this very like little house on the prairie sensibility towards the male mm-hmm. love interest, where she's like, at least you'll take care of her when I'm gone. Classic. And I'm yeah. like, cancer mom, you haven't been taking care of her. You're just like yet another burden on her list. But also, I don't care because right. Callie is horrible. Yeah. Yeah. So Callie and she like well well yeah. also okay wait are we. What part of the film do we meet um, the Connor? other... Yes. Connor! We meet Connor <laughs> so early because Connor comes into the house. This was like more stilted, stock <gasps> right, dialogue. Right. Where he comes yes, in like yeah. with no introduction. Cancer mom is like, hi, Connor. And Connor's like, hi, cancer mom. And then turns to Callie and it's like, hi, I have tickets for like this monster truck show next weekend or whatever. I was wondering if you want to go with me. And she turns on her heel <laughs> and is like, Connor, how many times do I have to tell you? We're just friends and that's all we'll ever be. I don't want to go anywhere yes. where it's just us two. Stop asking me. Yeah. It's like, and what we, a friendship. We, what is this friendship? We were like rooting for Connor at the beginning. We liked Connor. At the beginning. He yeah. was all right. Well, Connor well, comes was, in like yeah. so unassuming. Like he just came in and asked nicely. And so her reaction seems so overblown. 
But until we find out more <laughs> but later. But then Connor like turns evil after that. So it's like, were we supposed to so, know from the beginning that that was an appropriate <laughs> reaction? Like, <laughs> it's it's his Joker villain origin story. <laughs> But it's like, I feel like this is a movie that just hates the audience for having, like, normal movie expectations. Because Connor yeah, comes in does. and he's nice. And we're like, oh, Connor. And they're like, oh, bitch, you thought you could root against the main love interest? Well, guess what? Connor's an evil drunk. And it's like, well, you didn't make that clear from the first introduction. Well, it's like, it's, it's, it's very much like this movie is trying to do that thing where it's like, ooh, we're going to subvert expectations. But it's not subversive if every expectation is subverted. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and it's... I think you're right. They were trying to subvert things, but instead of subverting it, they just, like, they jump the shark so much on everything. Like... Well, because isn't yeah. the entire premise, like, the, the very broad premise of, like, the guy's the one on the farm not knowing how to do it, but the woman knows how... Like, that inherently, I guess, is subversive, but, like, that doesn't really... First of all, it's not subversive to, like, real life. It's subversive to, like, the movie genres, but I've never been in a situation in real life where, like, I went to a farm and the women (laughs) didn't know what to do and the men were helpful. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, like, I wasn't shocked to see that play out. I think it is surprising in terms of, like, the Hallmark formula where it's, like, business person goes to countryside and discovers there's more to life. That's Mm gender-swapped. But yeah, not in a way that I found interesting. No, definitely mm-hmm. not. And again, yeah. I think as unlikable as the performances, I don't think Joseph is like even that bad. Like I feel like Joseph, we didn't see he had that much to learn other than like stop objectifying women, but he didn't. So what's the point? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, there's nothing there. I don't even think Joseph was doing anything bad, really. He was literally just he was sleeping with women. Yeah, I didn't think he was super rude to the one woman we saw him sleeping with he just didn't no. want to sleep with her again it was just like a normal one night stand yeah he's allowed I was like what? <laughs> what well what? frankly like i feel like the the actual super bad thing is the thing that we're meant to be rooting for him doing which is lying to like convince uh callie about to like sell the farm like that's the main plot yeah that and he like grows during that but that in itself is the worst thing he does yeah, I have a lot of thoughts about that, and I do want to touch on it when we get to, obviously, the love scene, because I think yeah. that's extremely yeah. dubious, but we'll wait till we get there. Yes. Um, I don't yeah. know what the real next plot point is, but, like, somehow them ending up at the bar? Yeah. Yeah, so... Where Callie is a bartender at night? <laughs> yes. Yes. So, Callie is a bartender at night, so after she kind of rejects Connor at home... Oh, they have, like, this moment where he forgot to feed the cows, Joseph did. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he goes to feed them, and she's oh, like, right. the, the feed bags are empty. Like, you didn't feed the cows. And she's angry about it. But it's mostly, she makes it into, like, a personal thing about, like, how nobody listens to her. And I was like, you didn't feed the yeah. cows all day? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> That's, like, one of the <laughs> first up. things and the main things you have to do as a farmhand. What has he been doing all day? Yeah, because she, like, gave him a list of odd jobs, but he didn't do, like, the things... The that, first one. Like, the the normal things he should have done that she expected yeah. him to do, I guess. Yeah. And it's also frustrating for me. I feel like if you, like, take these sound bites out of context, I'm going to sound like a misogynist. But it's frustrating for me, again, that they've hired <laughs> this person to be the ranch hand, even though they have no money. And he's the only mm-hmm. one who does anything. Like, we never see Callie or Hannah work on the farm other yeah. than when they're like helping him yeah. yeah well we see we see all we see is like during the montage where they start to like 
flirt with each other, then then she's doing work. But it's like, you know, I think this is inherently misogynist that the only time we see Callie actually doing work is like through the eyes of of Joseph. Like we never see her like doing the work that she is like meant to be very good at and is her own like skill. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Right. And it's like it's only to see her like sexily bending over a pail or whatever. But so yes. in this moment where she's like, yeah, I work on the farm during the day and then I work as a bartender at night. First of all, if you're working on a farm, you have to get up at 4 a.m. So she's not sleeping. Um, no. Second of all. Well, I think he says that. Yeah. I think he says that and she's like, who needs sleep? And it's like, no, really? When do you sleep? Literally. Like, I, my, my <laughs> real question, when do you sleep? Um, but then it's also like, but you're not working on the farm. You're just sitting inside sad about cancer mom. Yeah. yeah. So it seems like bartending is your main job, but whatever. So she does okay. go to the bar to and, um Joseph's like he, he wants to go and like keep working on their relationship to you know convince her to sell the farm so he asks um Leo he's like oh no he asks Manny he's like what if what a farm hands where did the oh, to the right. bar <laughs> and he shows up decked out in like a cowboy hat and spurs I don't even know it's covered it's in insane. like rhinestones and he has like the um the flaps yeah yeah um, yeah. I actually thought it was kind of cute, but the fact that I think he would have been, again, this is California, but it feels like the South. I expected him to go in and get, like, yeah. um, like called a slur. The fact that he isn't is yeah. shocking. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he goes in. Callie's, like, kind of reluctantly charmed by this ugly outfit. Yeah. But then Leo rolls in in the exact in same the exact outfit. Same outfit. <laughs> That was, that rocked. Which was, was so cool. fucking funny, but the fact that none of the characters react to it is very it upsetting. Even better. Like, Callie doesn't even look at him. No. <laughs> if she does look at him, she's like, oh, that's weird. And I'm like, that's not weird. It's the same gay outfit. It's the same. <laughs> you would have questions. Oh the fact that yeah. she's not like, do you guys know each other is absurd. Yeah. And then finally, Manny rolls in looking normal. <laughs> yeah, normal but drunk, I guess, because he like accidentally like divulges something about how. Oh, what is it? It's just that his it's name like, is Manny. His name is Manny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because Con- yeah. like we're both named Manny. It's like, and he's apparently friends with Connor. Yeah, Connor is there. Yeah, he's like, somehow. Hey, Manny. Um, how are they friends? They never explain. How do that. they meet? <laughs> but the thing is, mm-hmm. this introduces, like, a weird plot point where Connor's like, oh, you're both named Manny? As if Manny is an <laughs> uncommon name. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's also, like, if Connor is a close friend of the family, enough so that he could just go to the house, wouldn't yeah. he have been told either by Manny or the family that Manny was supposed to be the ranch hand and then been confused when a different Manny showed up? Well, yeah. yeah, that's one thing, unless they became friends after, but also that becomes an entire plot point that is never resolved, which is that, like, they hired Manny off, like, a website, and Joseph doesn't look like the photo, but he's yeah, like, like, oh, it's because I have a beard, or I had a beard. And then Hannah's, like, whole role in, like, a huge chunk of the film is being like, hmm, I wonder why this man looks literally nothing, not even the same race as the photo on the website. <laughs> hmm, I guess I'll keep that to myself. That's the most bizarre part. Yeah, she she like nothing about she it. She catches Joe as Manny, like, not milking a cow correctly. And she's yeah. like... and on the phone. Yeah. She's like, huh. And then she goes inside, looks at the picture of the man they hired off, like, ranchhand.com. And is like, <laughs> huh. 
And then it isn't brought up again for like another hour. Like after Joseph Until, like, has the very end where it cuts to Hannah in the reveal and she's like, I knew it. And it's like, you knew? It's like, Hannah, you literally did know it. So why didn't you say anything? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the most... Okay, wait. <laughs> is, the, is this... Okay, the, they go to the bar a couple times. Is this when the bar fight happens? Yes, it's the same yes. night. Okay, got it. Um, so... Yeah, because Connor's angry drinking, like watching them interact... And they're not... Yeah, this is when he snaps. Yeah. He's, like, suddenly violent. It literally is his Joker moment. This is, like, Joker on the Robert De Niro show. (laughs) Because, like, Joseph and Callie are just having a very normal conversation. Then all of a sudden, uh, like, Callie goes to clean something up. And Connor, like, leans over her, like, pressing his, like, dick against her ass, leaning all the way over her. And it's like... Wish you, like he says something like again stock dialogue where it's like why do you keep rejecting me with this like weird <laughs> accent and she's like ah fuck and she like shoves him off <laughs> yeah and he like grabs her also after that yeah he does the uh, classic like grabbing a woman by the forearm when you're about to say classic move and so Joe comes over and he like does Joe just punch him in the face immediately. Joe's like, hey, she oh, said, he let go. No, he does, because he's like, I've always wanted to do this. And then he punches him wrong. He probably didn't, he probably tucked his thumb or something and like <laughs> did something stupid. And then it's like, oh, wow, that hurt a lot. And then they get into a big fight. Yeah. And then Connor starts, Connor starts punching him. And then in the most insane escalation, Callie breaks a beer bottle against the table and is like, I will kill you if you don't get out of this bar. <laughs> She was like, I, I will stab you. She's literally threatening to kill them. She says, get she out. says, whoever doesn't get out of this bar will meet the wrong end of this. That means die. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, it says Callie threatens them with a broken beer bottle. Yeah, literally. Callie was ready That's to so kill a man. Yeah. So, and also, again... A lot of this movie hit parts of my real life. I've never worked um, as a bartender, but I have worked in liquor services. And mm-hmm. the number one thing you are taught when working with people who are consuming alcohol is like de-escalation tactics. <laughs> yes, yes, that makes perfect sense. It's not threatened to kill them inside the bar because I, I don't know anything about California's gun laws, but if you threaten someone who is drunk with the wrong end of a beer bottle, it seems very likely that they could shoot you. Yeah. 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 Easily. So um, I think she should have gotten fired from the bar. Yeah. Does anyone else work there? I don't... Oh, no, there's the woman yes, who sings. the woman, that weird woman friend who, like, sings, who I also found out in looking at the Wikipedia article, it was on American Idol. So, great. Mm. Uh, no no one job. knows she sings. Yeah. But wait, yeah. I have a question. Is it like I don't know? I don't think we go into depth in her with her trauma here. But like, is this where like Connor's like, "Oh, I was supposed to look after you," and she's like, "I don't think this is what he would have wanted." Like, yeah, that might be now. Yeah, they have like I some sort so. of conversation along those lines, but we still don't know really what they're talking about. Yeah, we kind of find out that she had a past lover who asked Connor to watch over her, but I. My question is, it's not like her past lover, Brandon, died of a disease. Like, he died very unexpectedly. So I'm sure he did not tell Connor to watch over her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wait. That's so true. Oh, my God. Wait a second. 
again, an example of Connor breaking barstool rules. Like, don't hit on your man's bitch. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah, big time. Yes. That's and so this wack. is another thing. Now that we know that she had a past lover who's dead, who was actually her fiance, but we'll talk about what the more to it later. But I like the way that the Wikipedia put this as well. Her sister and her mm-hmm. dying mother. Her dad, and then in parentheses, her dad is already dead before learning her, her fiance is also dead. Literally, it's like, he's trying it's, to chime her sister, her dying mother, parentheses, her dad is already dead before learning her, her fiance is also dead. It's Thanks. so grim. It's, it's, She's living it's, a very I think sad it's, life. I don't know. Yeah, and I think it, that's, we keep circling back to this, but it's like there is so much there that I don't think she would probably be ready to be in this relationship with this stranger. There's just, like, there's too much, and it's still fresh for her, and I just, like, it's so, like, her story is so dark for a Netflix-level Christmas movie that Yeah, yeah it's the crazy. one cliche they don't get into is her being like, I'm not ready, like, to start a new relationship. Yes. Um, and it seems like he didn't die that long ago, and so... I don't think she even says to Connor that she's not ready to start a new relationship. And if you're... I think it, I think it was a bit... I think it... I mean, like, it was, like, three years ago, oh, okay. which is recent, but, like, a, a, a weird gap that I think depends person to person. But still, like... But it's, like... She's obviously still very entrenched in those feelings. She's ready to start a new relationship, obviously, because this movie is a romance movie. Which makes me yeah. ask the question, why include the dead fiancé at all? Like, you can still have Connor as, like, a childhood friend who wants her. No, that's true. You can yeah. still have, that's like, what, the trauma of mean. the dead dad. You don't need the dead yeah. fiancé, too. I know, that's why it More was piling trauma. Up. Well, did we talk about how they both, how they died? No, but we should Not wait yet. for that one. Okay, we'll wait for that. Cool. Okay, keep going then. So... Um, Connor leaves because she's threatened to kill him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, Joseph says to her, like, I'm sorry, but nobody should talk to you like that. And she gives him a look like, shut the fuck up. But then later, she's- this has inspired, like, a sea change in her. Yeah, she- yes. she's like, I'm sorry, no one deserves that. And I'm like, I think she knows that. That's why she's threatened to kill him. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty base like level. <laughs> Hello? And yet that caused the shift. Because I'm pretty sure right after this scene is the montage where they start to, like, flirt with each other. Yeah. They give each other, like, sex eyes for, yeah. I don't know, while they're doing farm things. Well, there's a whole part, as Hannah said, where she's, like, bending over a bucket and it's, like, a close-up of her ass in these jeans. And then she catches him and he's, like, oh. Like, I don't know, <laughs> he's, like, fucking got a boner for her already. It's so weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do get, like, a long montage of them falling in love after this. Like, she starts being nice to him after this encounter. Mm -hmm. And we get, like I said, my least favorite um, romance movie experience, which is, like, when the romancing is actually replaced by a montage. Yes. Yeah. Um, Obviously, we love movies. I think, and I think my favorite genre of movies overall is the romance. And I think Mm -hmm. it just makes me very angry um, when, because I do think, like, enemies to lovers or, like, rivals to lovers is very sexy when done right. Yeah. But if you replace, like, the part from when they start, stop being angry at each other and start to like each other and there's no dialogue between those two things, I get really mad. There's just, like, when they, like, that's supposed to be a part of the plot. Like, they erase that part of the plot to, ma- to make up for more, like, drama. Do you know what I mean? Well, the, yeah. The other part of this movie is just, like, it's completely... I mean, I guess there are some scenes in which Callie is vulnerable because she's obviously been through and 
still going through so much yeah. trauma. But there's no scene. I can't think of one part in which Joseph is vulnerable or we learn anything about no. Joseph that would link them and, like, bond them no, together. No, that's true. He has Literally, there's nothing, nothing that happens. Like, he has no, no, we don't learn anything about his background. He, he never once says anything like, yeah, my mom was, like, always working. Like, there's nothing. She is, yeah. like, a blank slate where she has all of the things. Yeah. It's like, yeah, she, she doesn't even ask him any questions about himself. She just starts, like, sharing more and more of her dark backstory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, you know, is fine because he's made up this whole persona of Manny. So, like, he wouldn't be telling her the well, yeah. truth. Exactly. That's the, the, and as we said earlier, this is the reason why it feels so crazy that they could recover exactly. from this entire massive lie when she's like spilling all of her darkest secrets to someone who isn't who he says he is. Yeah, it's not like he even let a kernel of the truth slip through by saying, "Yeah, oh, this is what I went through, but I'm Manny," you know. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's why, like, especially why this romance montage doesn't work because it's like no matter how many times they like cutely look at each other while doing labor on the farm. It doesn't mm-hmm. make up for the fact that they don't know anything about each other and he's lying to her 24-7. Yeah. Yeah. In order to force her out of her home. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, it's so grand. I know, it's really kind of a huge bummer. Um, but I do want to say that while all this is happening, we keep getting like long cutaways to Leo and Manny at the Airbnb. <laughs> and yes. Leo is like, playing uh the video games with manny but also he's trying to teach manny um about wine because he's a mm-hmm. he likes wine so much and it turns out manny is like a wine genius <laughs> yeah. yeah oh my god this entire plot line right so yeah. <laughs> like not even like a wine savant like a like it's a superpower he can like he'll drink any wine and he'll be like oh these are the three like flavor notes without even looking at the label yeah he can and that actually is, like, an incredible skill. Yeah. Because you can basically, like, take one sip of the wine and tell every single note basically where things were grown, um, <laughs> what kind of wine it is, even though he has, yeah. like, such limited experience. Um, and I do believe, I've never encountered someone with this skill, but I do believe that's something that people are probably better at than others. I think he probably, yeah. there yeah. are probably people in the world who have this incredible skill. Probably. Um, but I did think it was kind of delightful for the character. I actually did like the subplot a lot. Um, we, yeah. Oh, I think it was great. Yeah, I think it was so cute. I think it was the only plot line that I thought um, delivered well into the finale because at first we were like, okay, where is this going? And then we find out the twist about the vineyard and we're like, oh, it's all going to tie together. And I was like, okay, that was well done. That was interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the actors who play Leo and Manny have, like, such cute chemistry as they're, like, drinking yeah, wine and chatting with each other. It, that, those parts we were like, get back to Leo and Manny. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> but Love them. They were very cute. And so um, after this romance montage, Callie decides to show Joe her favorite place on the ranch, which is this vineyard. Yeah, that they, like, don't use. Or they, they make, like, a couple barrels a year, right? Yeah. It's, like, very small scale. They have, like, eight yeah. vines. They have, like, eight vine um, trellises up. Yeah. And she's like, my dad wanted to make this place into a vineyard. Um, he brought over all of these grapes from France in, mm-hmm. like, the 80s. Um, but 
I guess like there is some like economic and then health issue where he wasn't able to sustain the vineyard and has kind of gone to waste. But she and her yeah. mom and sister still make the wine in like their cellar. And they gift they gift it. Yeah, to and they gift it. Yeah. And he's like, "Oh, you should sell this." And she's like, "No, we just like giving it as a gift." And he okay. <laughs> and there's like no reaction to that. And I know like. Nope. Right now, he's, like, in the middle. He still kind of wants to convince her, but he's also, like, falling for her. Mm-hmm. But there isn't even a question of, like, why don't you sell it? Yeah. Because that's the first thing I would ask if they're in such dire financial straits. Yeah, really. That's, like, well, also there's, like, and the, the sister, like, makes all these baked goods. Like, I don't know what the actual exports of the farm are. I guess, theoretically, the dairy, like like, the milk, like, from the cows. But beyond that, like... Usually farms have, like, a few exports. Yeah, it's, the rest of the farm is, like, very poorly mapped out. We know that there are cows, but yeah. that's kind of it. It doesn't seem like they grow yeah. crops other and than chickens. the grapes. There's chickens, too. But the yeah, chickens. I don't think, like, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, this, like, the, I don't remember the timeline of this, but they, like, get closer, and then he keeps being, like, should I tell the truth? And then, like, he gears up to, like, tell her the truth about himself, but then instead they make out. Yeah. I don't know what <laughs> happened in the middle of this movie at all. Yeah, I guess that. Montages. Oh, no, right, because they, like, they, they like, make out, and then, like, the sister comes in and is like, hee hee, oh, caught you, and so they have, like, a cute moment there, and then there's another point where they're, like, making out, or wait, do they, okay, wait, I have to figure this out, when they, like, have when they when there's a love scene is that right before the mother like has that thing happen, that's after that... that's after thankfully the, oh okay cool so then there's one other time where they're like making out or whatever and then all of a sudden her mother has a medical emergency yeah and oh they yeah have, and they have to rush her to the hospital and it's so grim and dark yeah there's like this really weird moment and before the first kiss she finally tells uh joe about her dad and her fiance right. dying um, yes. And what happened was, I, I think they died like on Christmas Eve or something, wasn't it? Oh my god, um, maybe. And sure. she was in the like a truck with them. She was in the back seat, and they got into like a horrific car accident that killed both of them. It sounds like instantly, and she was the only survivor. Yeah, yeah and she was there. Yeah, and she also was the only one not wearing a seatbelt in the shot, and yet she was the only one survivor. Yeah, there's a lot of really horrible things in there. I like. And then they kiss. If you which experience is one of those tropes that yeah. I hate, yeah, where like they tell a really dark personal secret and then immediately they like kiss or like make out instead of just like appreciating that they share a really private thing about themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't like yeah. it either. Because I would be mad. I would be like, "Oh, you're leveraging this moment where I was just vulnerable with you in order to yes kiss yeah. me." I think especially because it's about her dead fiance. He's like, "Oh, so you're single." Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they keep like s- like sneaking smooches on the farm after this. But then at one point, um, yes, her mom does have her mom goes into some kind of like arrest, and they have yeah. to take her to the hospital. But she survives. Yeah. And then Callie and her mom have like this totally tonally dissonance um, moment in the car 
Were the oh my god, yes. And this was when Lily texted me and was like, we can stop if you want. Because it was, it's so serious and horrible. It's so for serious like, where it's like, the mom is in the car and she's like, I don't want to do chemo anymore. I feel like I'm just like a ghost on this earth. Like, I don't want to keep suffering and like, I don't mm-hmm. want to make you watch me die over like years. I'd rather just like go away peacefully. And it's like this really long like color monologue for the mom actress. Yeah. But it feels so out of place in a California Christmas. <laughs> it's very out of place in a California, California Christmas, Christmas is the thing. And it's like, I don't, I can say this because I, I am cancer mom representation. I don't want to hear all that shit. <laughs> no. Not in a California not. Christmas. Not now, not here. Like It's like, also, you are still parked in front of hospital emergency parking. You can't have this conversation because they make you drive away. Oh my god. Yeah, (laughs) just logistically. (laughs) Yeah, they would make you keep driving. Um, So it's like a very, very heavy scene with the mom that just like instantly transitions into like a new Manny scene, I think. Probably a hard cut. Yeah. Um, Also, like, I think we've missed a few times Connor like driving threateningly by (laughs) Joseph. Yes. Yeah, at, you're right. At Manny's house or something. Yeah, this happens yeah. a couple times where Connor like drives by the Airbnb and sees Manny, Connor, and Joe and um, Leo all hanging out. Um, yeah. And I was like, why is this threatening? Like, Joseph is allowed to have friends. Yeah. What is he going to tell Callie that he saw him hanging out in an Airbnb? That's literally allowed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he can go. I have a question. Um, I'm looking at this Wikipedia article and the next sentence in the plot of this film says um it is now christmas and the holiday spirit looms heavy atop the growing tension joseph is reminded of his childhood trauma leading him to woo callie by fixing her dead father's motorcycle he do has no trauma, trauma? When, did, when do you what do you remember the trauma no i don't remember him having trauma i don't remember him having any trauma i thought it was just like he likes motorcycles he, I remember he has, like, this weird monologue with Callie where he says something about how he always admired his father's hands. That I... Yeah, he, like, did his dad pass? I think maybe he, his dad died, but, you know, not in a, not in a like, a Callie-style traumatic way. I think his dad just, like, passed away. Okay, maybe that's it. Yeah, I don't remember. Maybe that was it. Just a crazy Who way knows? to say reminded of his childhood trauma in this sentence without saying what it is. Yeah, it sounds like it's a lot worse than it is, which is, I think, just, like, yeah. a dad who loved him but died. So then, okay, yeah, so she fixes, he fixes the motorcycle, and then they, and then, like, this is the shift into their, like, they're in love, which, like, yeah, a classic, like, things are going great before they go wrong, so they, like... He fixes the motorcycle, they go to the bar and, like, drink and dance. They do the two-step. Um, this part is so bizarre because they're dancing together. Leo and Manny come into the bar to warn him that his mom is coming the next day. And they see mm-hmm. him and Callie dancing oh, together and they go, he's no, not here. they don't here. see him because he dips her. And in the moment that he dips her, they go, he's not here, and leave. And it's like, <laughs> you guys, what? Do a little more searching. Yeah, but... <laughs> Connor's there, and he hears that, and he follows oh, yeah. them out to see what's up, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't really yeah. know. I don't really know what Connor's doing. Connor's, like, smoking a cig out back, and he hears them say, like, <laughs> Joe's full name, which is Joseph. Oh, right. Uh, Something. Just, yeah, know. they have. he's able oh. to Google the last name. 
Yeah. Um, and he finds out Joe's true identity. Um, and Billionaire playboy philanthropist. Yeah, and he's trying to call and text Callie about it, but her phone is on Do Not Disturb because she's fucking Joseph in the vineyard. Ah! <laughs> and... I want to touch on this for a couple of reasons. I, I, I want to be a little bit serious in a comedic way. Um, mm-hmm. For one thing, I do think... Uh, <laughs> so he, Callie knows him as Manny. She's been calling him Manny the whole time, which makes me believe that if yeah. they were having sex, she would still be calling him Manny, which is... <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> which is an issue. But yes, I remember on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, there was this thread going around that everyone was like kind of clowning on, where it was... Um, like this doctor who's like, this is an unpopular opinion, but I think if you are having sex with someone and you have an expectation that it will turn into a relationship and they think it's just a one night stand, then you are basically being raped. And, Mm. and you, they were getting like ratioed to hell. It was insane. And I think that is a very bad take on things because it requires both you and the other person to be like a mind reader. And also, (laughs) there's no situation in real life where everyone has the same expectations for everything all the time. Like, there's always going to be a little bit of an imbalance, if not a big one. Yeah. I think, you know, as a culture, I do think we need to kind of accept that people do bad things sometimes and it is not abuse. (laughs) Yes, that is also true. Sometimes we're just unfair to each other. And that doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that we, like, hate that person or are abusing them. Yeah. Um, right. But I think in this scenario specifically, it reminded me of that tweet thread because I was thinking about like, this is having sex under false pretenses. Yes. Which makes the consent of it very iffy, if not impossible to give. No, you're you're completely yeah. right. That's the and that's like this is the the core of why the entire we we keep saying the entire thing is wrong is that there's just like there's no. There is nothing of him that she knows that is true. I guess if he talked about his dad, but like that's it. That's yeah. it. There is nothing. There is nothing of him that is true. He is playing. He's literally playing a part. He's playing another person. It's like you're completely right. It's completely dubious. Yeah, and again, I wouldn't call it rape because she consented to like the experience of it. But I, at the same time, I think two mm-hmm. things can be true. I think. It's not rape, but at the same time, I don't think she was actually able to give consent to this encounter either. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I think it's just very difficult because, you know, there's a, we think of consent as, like, this thing that is just given or not given or mm-hmm. is, like, way too much on a spectrum. I don't think it's either of those things. But I know that when I was watching this scene, I was like, if I found out afterwards, after I had, like, built up this relationship with someone to a point where I was sexually intimate with them. Um, And then I found out that they were manipulating me and they weren't even who they said they were. I would feel as though I had been assaulted. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I think so too. And yet, of course, it is never addressed or anything because it's just not that deep in this movie. (laughs) Yeah, it, it doesn't run that deep. I just remember thinking like, I can't even begin to imagine being in Callie's scenario and like having this very intimate relationship with a person where like not only like in just the typical rom-com way where it's like oh you've been sent here for like you had ulterior motives but then you fell in love with me it's like no you I don't even know your name and you lied to me this whole time yeah 
exactly and like and and like just testament to how simplified it is like the the line in the wikipedia page says ironically as connor is texting this to callie she is shirtless in a field with joseph yeah i guess that's that's true true. she's also shirtless fucking in a field with a man she thinks is named manny (laughs) (laughs) again i come back to the fact did he not get freaked out when she was like oh manny like when they're having sex and she's like not calling him he just had to fucking push through i mean (laughs) god i I think again i know we were comparing it a lot to uh to after we collided um Mm. but i think again the example i would bring up because i think it's good is 10 things i hate about you Yes. Where it's like, in 10 Things I Hate About You, it's, again, similar concept where it's like, guy has ulterior motives when starting relationship with girl, but then, yeah. like, he starts to develop actual feelings and it gets complicated. Mm-hmm. And I think the good thing about 10 Things I Hate About You is that when he's like, oh, I really care about her, he's like, I, he's like, I stopped. <laughs> he's like, I stopped yes. taking the money. I want to be yes. with you for real. Yeah. We never get the sense that... Um, Joseph has taken that kind of hard turn. It just seems kind of like no, that he's the only, forgotten the only the way we why see, he's there. Yeah. Well, the, the only hard turn we see is that he rips up the contract at one point. Right. But like, but, like, even so, like, the real way that he would take the hard turn would be to, you know, fess up to it. And instead, he just digs himself further, deeper. Um, and then, of course, the result of that is that, like, the next the next part of the film, the climax is like the two things converge which is that Callie gets her text from Connor the next morning and Joseph's mother shows up at the same time yeah and then it's like yeah. everything bad is happening at once which of course it is um it felt very anticlimactic almost because Callie because Callie is too busy dealing with Joseph's mom and like the sale of her property to even yes. like properly confront Joseph about the fact that they just had no, sex that's that's so true and maybe that's like I mean, I don't think this is actually calculated, but, like, this way she did, they didn't have to get through the, like, dig into, like, the deep de- betrayal that she's felt. Because I think yeah. the extent of it that we see is that Joseph, like, after the... Because, con- like, what happens is Joseph's mother sits down with the family and is like, here's what we're willing to offer. She's actually, like, pretty... As a businesswoman, she's like, we're going to offer you even more to cover the costs of the hospital bills, all this stuff. And they're like, we'll think about it, la, la, la. And then after that, Joseph is like... Callie, I need to talk to you. And she's like, no, you fucked up or whatever. In not so many words. Yeah, you freaked up. And then up. that's like, yeah. And then that's like it for a while. Um, yeah, it's like she's distracted so much by the business offer that she's like, by the time she actually gets to the confrontation with Joseph, she's like, I don't even want to talk to you right now, which like yeah. effectively yeah. puts off this very difficult yes. conversation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And by the time she sees him again, he's like, I'm here to solve your problems. So they exactly. just never yeah. talk about exactly. it. I was going to say, I don't yeah. think they ever have a full-blown conversation about that. Oh, they certainly don't. And the, but the way in which they solve it... <laughs> the, so, and the way in which Manny helps with that is awesome. So what? Is it they, like, they're packing up to leave, right? Yeah, they're packing up to and leave. Then, and, like, Leo and Manny are very upset at the prospect of having to leave each other. Um, <laughs> and they crack open a bottle of uh Callie's wine that they produce at the vineyard and mm-hmm. Manny takes a sip of it and he's like this is the best fucking wine I've ever had in my whole life he's like holy fuck yeah. there's notes of lavender in this <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's like and then Leo who's a sommelier is like oh no this is good shit 
Yeah, and so they're like, this is the best wine we've ever fucking tasted. You need to get a wine expert here right now. Yeah. <laughs> so they go to a wine expert. And again, California is <laughs> wine country. I'm sure you can find like, um, like professionals in the field in that area of the country fairly easily. But at the same time, yeah. I, I recently went to uh, a winery in my local area in my county and mm-hmm. I could, I would have sworn it was filmed in the same location. <laughs> it, it, not to like diss the winery I went to because it was nice, but it's like a extremely small set. There's no one yeah. else around. There's just like three big barrels and like a couple of stools. Oh, do you think this movie was filmed during the pandemic? I don't know. I think it's possible that it was because there, there's no crowd shots. Basically, it's all no. You're that's what I mean. Well, I guess yeah. there is like a crowd shot at the end, like that party. So maybe but not it's almost far, like it's probably. almost like socially distanced. Yeah. Yeah. Because remember when he like walked in? Barn. Remember when they walked in and I was like kind of like a bummer party because there's only like eight people there. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Well, I mean, that, I said that partially also because like, as you said, like this set when they go to this other sommelier is so like spare and barren and it's like this one guy and the three of them. And it's like this handsome man in a pair of glasses and he like pours the wine and drinks it and like is like thumbs up (laughs) and then they're like oh that means the wine is good um and and then i and then so the resolution is that well how do they that they're gonna so he drives so yeah he drives back to callie's farm and connor is like waiting there for him in a pickup truck and is like (laughs) she doesn't want to fucking see you again right and i forget what joseph says to like convince Connor to let him pass, but he's just like, give me yeah. a chance. And Connor, who's been trying to kill this man the whole movie, is like, okie dokie. <laughs> again, I bet he says something like, I have a way to like fix this or some shit. You know? Yeah, but again, so anticlimactic. What's the Christmas timeline here? Is it Christmas yet? They said it was Christmas earlier, but no it's not. <laughs> I have no clue. Yeah, and I want to correct this movie. You can tell it's Christmas time in California. We have lights. You can tell when there's things happening. So I think the only thing we see is they put up a wreath at one point. Yeah, you'll notice we haven't even mentioned Christmas in like an hour of this Christmas movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's Christmas time, I guess. It's I guess. But so he rolls back up to the vineyard where Callie is. And I think she's like almost, she's about to pull the vineyard trellises like out of the ground. And he's yeah. like, no, wait. He's like, I contact, <laughs> he doesn't even like really tell her. He's like, we can make this into a winery. Oh, he does like yeah. some epic wine mansplaining before he gets into it. Where he- oh, you're right. Oh my God, you're right. He's like, these vines are from the Bordeaux area and they came in this year which you certainly didn't know and like la 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 yeah and it's like after that there was like this huge fire in those vineyards in france which basically exterminated the wine brand uh except for any um like foreign objects who might have taken it before the fire so this is like Mm -hmm. the only like species of grape left to produce this (laughs) wine um yeah and so this this is my theory about the movie. Um, oh God! Okay. I know Amen. that due to both um, the big fires in California uh, this year and last year, and due to coronavirus epidemic as well, kind of restricting workforce, um, mm-hmm. wine production in America has actually really slowed down. And there are yeah, sure. there are some wine brands that might actually be facing extinction due to the Californian forest fires. 
Oh, wow. Oh, um, my God. So my theory about this movie was that it's actually a plug to rejuvenate. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, the California wine industry, because we actually are on the brink of losing certain species, and species, but certain uh, types of grape that we produce <gasps> wines with. I would totally believe that. Um, That's wild. Yeah. Because I remember uh, when I was working in the wine shop last year, they were like, yeah, due to the fires, um, we're going to be producing less Savion and less certain types of um, Cabernet due to the like, grape wow. production. And that was pre all of the 2020 fires that were like really ravaging yeah. um, the wine areas. So I couldn't help but think about it when watching this movie because I was like, funny that this movie is about like wine extinction when that's actually like a big problem that we're facing right now. Wow. Yeah. Then let this be and let the you know what? Let this podcast be a call to our listeners. Go buy. Hey, go buy some California wine. Yeah, actually do. Um, I again, this movie hits me where it hurts. Cancer mom, wine, Christmas. Oh, no. And it like completely botches all three of those things. So I think <laughs> yeah, it really fucks it up. In your daily life, do your part to support um, your local Christmas tradition, your local cancer moms, your local California local wines. Local California wineries, no. <laughs> well, yeah, because then the resolution is like, well, oh god, the res- the ending of this film is uh, is also nightmarish because there's like. They, this gets solved, and I think the sommelier, like, comes to the winery and samples the wine, and he's like, it's, it's still good. And then... He leases it. That saves the family. Yeah, he leases it. Leases the vines. And then with the money, Connor throws the party for Kelly, I guess? It says in, on the summary. He, I guess. Which I didn't, under- I didn't realize. Well, this is the weirdest so, yeah, part, because... I thought it was the holiday bake-off. I weren't... Wait. <laughs> the holiday <laughs> bake-off? <laughs> what? The what? The Christmas Bake Off. Weren't they Who's planning baking? for the Christmas Bake Off like the whole time? Like that's why they were like, "Oh, Manny <laughs> can do all the work, so that you have more time to focus on your mom and the Christmas Bake Off because Hannah needs help." Do you remember? I thought those? it was just. I thought it was just like she likes to bake like loaves for people. I didn't know it was oh. for a competition. Yeah, I. I, a- I now that you're saying that, I remember <laughs> they were kind of like dropping plot hints, but that wasn't the read I got on the final barn scene. Oh, yeah, I thought it was well. just like here's a party just for shits and gigs, yeah. like because right. well, <laughs> maybe maybe I have no I have no, <laughs> no clue because all not. Well, we don't all we see at the very least is just like a party with some people and then Connor is like I invited Joseph and then Joseph apologizes and then wins her back. Connor specifically says, "Give him a chance," which yeah. is wild <laughs> in itself. And then they, and then the final fucking like minute. This was so disturbing. The final minute of this film, which they don't say right in this summary, is like the two of them are dancing, Callie and uh, Joseph, and it keeps cutting to the mom with like tears in her eyes. Yes, yes, it keeps cutting to the mom, and then Callie like mouths "I love you" to the mom, and then it starts to zoom in on the mom. And while this is happening, the three of us are in the chat being like, "Oh my god." Oh my, are they going to kill the mom right now? Oh my god. I was like, no. No, there's no way they're going to do that. And then it's a hard cut to whatever time later of the two of them sitting on a bench surrounded by like hundreds of acres of vines. And the bench says like, in memory of mom and dad. It was so upsetting. It literally ended like on the mom's gravestone, basically. Yeah. Literally jarring. And then it ends. 
It was which yeah. once ag- which once again is like as we were talking about like the subversion of tropes. I bet like another way they thought it was subversive is like the mom doesn't survive. You know what I mean? As far as like in a lot of movies with like sickness or whatever, like different things. Like there's a recovery. We don't see that that sort of ending. But instead, they're like, no, we're gonna make this fucking grim. But again, I think it's like again, you're like subverting the movie expectation, but you're not subverting real life. And I think this one's a lot no. more serious. Because it's like, in real life, like we said earlier, it's, if I went to a farm and there was a competent woman and, like, a lousy man, I would not be surprised. But that's, like, weird for Hallmark movies. And it's like, the reason Hallmark movies don't have the sick mom die at the end is because it's upsetting. (laughs) Like, Yeah, we're watching a movie. If I'm watching a Christmas movie about, like, the joy and thrill of Christmas time, I don't want to see the mom die at the end. Like, it's insane that that's how they chose to close it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, it's not like, I guess it's a quote unquote, it's like a, I don't know what a bittersweet ending. I don't know. But like, well, and like the music is swelling. It's like triumphant yeah. as we're seeing their wine empire. And I was like, I can't yeah. get over the fact that you just killed the mom in the last 30 seconds. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was God. very, I think, definitely one of the weirdest movies we've ever watched. Because Yeah, it was so weird. With this kind of movie, you go in with, like, a, a pretty set expectation as to what's going to happen. Yeah. And I wouldn't say, again, like, Lily, you've been saying this whole time, it didn't subvert my expectations. It was just that so many things happened. Yeah. Too much. Yeah. And each, like... And each, like, standalone thing, you're like, that's weird. And yet it's all in one. But, like, the, there's an entire plot point about a man who can taste the wine notes <laughs> by sipping it. And you're like, how does this apply to a California Christmas? And it wasn't uh, about Christmas. Arguably. That it was, was one of the only things Christmas. that links it to California. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. The only thing there, that links it to California is the wine. And the only thing that links it to Christmas is the nothing. Yes. <laughs> Literally in in the little poster for it, the only thing Christmassy is the wreath in the background on the house. I I seriously think like maybe I think like what happened was like the the dad and the fiance died when they were going to get like a Christmas tree and maybe that's the only thing that leads it to Christmas. That's even worse. <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> well, and that's what happens in the movie California <laughs> Christmas. Well, I, I yeah. actually do want to plug one of my favorite movies, which is, I'm going to like tentatively call it lesser known, even though it's a Meg Ryan movie. Um, one of my favorite movies, and it's a rom-com of all time, is called French Kiss. And mm-hmm. it's Meg Ryan who has to go down to Paris to like find her cheating fiance. And on the plane, she meets Kevin Klein, who is a French thief. Um, Mm -hmm. and his stolen necklace accidentally gets mixed up with her luggage. And so he's like pursuing her through Paris, but they start to fall in love. And then at the end you find out that like his dream is opening a vineyard. Mm -hmm. And so this movie actually reminded me a lot of French Kiss because there's the vineyard stuff. There's like the false pretenses stuff. There's like the weird, like love triangle, but like so much more charming done better, um, (laughs) Like, a lot of chemistry between the leads, which obviously this was missing, despite the fact that they're married. Um, Maybe I'll watch this tonight. I've never seen this movie, and I love Meg Ryan. It's really excellent. It's one of my favorite romance movies ever. Sweet. 
That's and that's we should maybe we should start for each movie we watch recommending um, an alternative film, <laughs> better movie. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah, maybe we should try that. I think yeah, I think there isn't a lot that I would actually change about California Christmas because the formula. Well, like how would the you? formula is so simple? It's following a formula, and there's yeah. nothing wrong with the Hallmark movie formula in and of itself. They're simple popcorn yeah. movies that you put on while you're like making Christmas cookies or whatever. And mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything mm-hmm. inherently wrong with that. Yeah. I think the only thing I would just say to these producers is, like, if someone was paying attention to the movie while they were watching it, think about what might be upsetting <laughs> to take How it. How they would feel. Yeah. I think this was a movie God. they just expected people to be on their phones while watching, but because we were doing it through Netflix Party, we were, like, zoned we were fucking in. watching. Yeah, we were, we were zoned watching. in. Yeah. For better and for worse. <laughs> but I did like watching this movie with Lily and Anna because we expected one thing and we're just like shocked at every turn. <laughs> wow, it, it truly, that is true. It completely, not to use the, the buzzword of this episode, but it certainly subverted <laughs> my expectations. I certainly, yeah. it, it, I, I came in thinking it was one thing and it certainly wasn't. <laughs> the only things we thought it was going to be about were California and Christmas. And it was arguably hardly about either. (laughs) Yeah. Arguably two of the only things it wasn't about. Yeah. Well, now that it's been so popular on Netflix, I could only hope for California Christmas 2 Leo and Manny edition. Ha, please! Well, because they did Princess Switch 2, which they absolutely did not need to make. And they also did uh, Christmas Prince like 2, 3, and maybe a 4th. And it's like nobody needed more it's, Christmas. It's princes. Royal Wedding and then Royal Baby. Royal I think baby. there's three. Royal Baby. Royal Baby, baby. So if we should maybe keep on the Christmas train, even though it's past Christmas, and watch a couple of those. I would like to do that. I haven't seen any yeah. of them. I've seen Jenny. They're crazy. I've seen Jenny Nicholson's video on Christmas Prince, and that's that's been it. Sure. Yeah. We saw Christmas Prince one. Um, I would love to do more Christmas movies. Um, I would also soon like to do bright because i've oh my god we got bright i can't uh, remember bright i've been thinking of i i can't forget it <laughs> i can't forget it i've literally honestly. been thinking about it since we finished i recently i'm getting uh, a new phone because my own one is cracked out and mm-hmm. i had to re-download all of my photos into the cloud and i was like looking at our text chain from the day after we watched bright <laughs> And I was like, this can't be lost to time. We have to document this. I remember yeah. that. I was at work and I came back and I had like 50 texts. <laughs> I was like, what? I, the entire, well, if we do that movie, the entire thing is just going to be questions about the lore. It's nothing to do with the plot. Like, <laughs> I just need to know about the world building. Yeah, I think we can have a very smooth transition from Christmas movies into Bright because it is about elves. We can, like, follow a theme. Oh, God, you're right. You're so right. <laughs> First one of the new year. That sounds really fun. I think we should do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I am... I'm hopefully going to be able to get this up before uh, Christmas proper. I think this will probably be up either Mm -hmm. the 23rd or the 24th. All right. But uh, being before Christmas, if you celebrate, I hope you have a wonderful holiday with your family. I hope for those who celebrate Hanukkah that you have had a wonderful Hanukkah. All traditions, have a wonderful holiday. I hope that you are being safe and having a good time with your respective families or partners. Uh, and don't watch California Christmas if you want to be in a good mood. 
it really takes you down. Chestnuts <laughs> roasting on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not put you in the holiday spirit like Lily. <laughs> um, as always if you would like to support our podcast there is a link in the description of wherever you are listening if you would like to follow us on twitter we are at bad time club and if you would like to follow us on instagram we are at bad time movie club i am hannah i'm anna i'm lily goodbye bye everyone <laughs>